I was doing her daily. Yeah, she was playing dailies. Sit on the couch while I was putting some stuff up in the closet of my clothes. I got some hangers, you know. And she's trying to do this daily that's like a timed one. And she's having a really tough time doing it. And she somehow, I don't know what she did. She basically messed up. And I actually hit an elemental when I wasn't ready. Oh, that is what you did. Like she ultimate. hit like an ultimate when she wasn't ready. Um, and since it was a timed one, you know, like if she would have hit it at the right time, she probably would have beat it. And she straight faced was looking at the TV. Didn't look at me. Probably didn't even know I was there because she was in her own mind palace at that point. She was like, dumb idiot, Mariah. That was so stupid of you. And like, like, <laughs> hardcore, like hated on herself and then just went about her gaming experience. Like didn't even flinch. I was and, like, fucking idiot. Like, God damn, if you did that right. You would have won. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Mariah, I think that maybe you shouldn't have said that to yourself. <laughs> It's like you deserve this. I actually been trying to myself. I feel like lately I've been calling myself stupid more than normal. Like at work, I call myself stupid the other day. And I was like, no, right, you're not stupid. It was just a mistake, and everyone makes those mistakes. You're okay. And I was like, didn't do it today though. No, I didn't. <laughs> I've been trying to, but it's something that you ever like find yourself in a habit of like saying like a like a dumb phrase you, you used to say to yourself or something stupid. Like that's like how I feel like I was kind of like in that loop of calling myself stupid again. So I was like, I need to start catching myself more. Like I was like, yeah, you, know, you need to stop moon. that because that's what I'm here for. I'm a Virgo moon, so I do that all yeah. the time. And you ever catch yourself just being like more mean to yourself than normal? And you're like, Ugh. yeah, like I I personally have really been trying to work on not being mean to myself. So I've been going through like really good ebbs and flows. But then the ebbs when I get to the ebb, you know, like I, yeah. I'll be like, whoa, I'm being way meaner to myself than I've been allowing myself like, to. to be ago i did a journal prop talking about that about how like uh, i hate being called stupid and all of a sudden i was like calling myself stupid it was almost kind of like i brought it back to the surface for a second i'm bringing Rough. i'm putting it in my own hands I'm, I'm taking it back yeah i'm claiming the term stupid back no to me. that's not how that works <laughs> i feel like yeah, that's I'm just stupid. kidding anyway so um what are we watching what oh, are we listening oh, to? We have to introduce I the meant, podcast. I was talking about the introduction, but I forgot uh, that this is a podcast that people listen to that they don't watch. They listen. Sorry. <laughs> what are we listening uh, to? We're, we're, not there yet. Okay. we're listening to post credit Depression. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to beat everyone in here. <laughs> I'm going to beat them up. Anyway. Anyway. Fuck them up. You're listening to post credit Depression, where we talk about this week's current hyperfixation. My name's Mariah, and my fun ha- My My... <laughs> My fun fact is that Shen Ha from Genshin is going to be my new wallpaper for a while now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My name's Kinsey, and my fun fact is that I have a Raiden Shogun acrylic stand. Is that another fact I've said? <laughs> I have two yeah, now. Two. <laughs> the yeah, I have two. My name is Kaylin, and my fun fact <laughs> is that I play D and D. Bro, why would you sound like Brother Zim? That I play D and D. Oh my gosh! Also, Mariah's other fun fact is she stutters a little sometimes, and we make fun of her because it's actually so entertaining to hear. <laughs> yeah, but some people can't help it, Kinsey. I didn't do it to her it, feelings. It, it's, it's just only, funny. It's only okay because I know that you don't mean it. So I tell my younger brother. Exactly, like, we're laughing with you, not yeah. at you. Like, I remember during my finals week how bad I was stuttering like that? My brother does that, like, twice as much as my youngest brother. And I'm like, you know what, Zaire? I'm allowed to make fun of you because I'm family. But if anyone else ever makes fun of you, you tell me. You, yeah, yeah. he stutters really bad. He doesn't pay attention to his, like, uh, speech therapy classes. Any <laughs> he says that the one they went to, they just played video games. My mom took him out of it. He, he doesn't pay attention to his speech yeah. therapy class. So I'm like, only I'm allowed to make fun of me. So, like, only my friends are allowed to make fun of my stutter. But, like, to an extent, to a healthy extent. Oh, there's a line? <laughs> Yeah, because what if it just turns into I'm like, Kinsey thinks I'm dumb, dumb. <laughs> Kinsey thinks I'm a dumb, dumb. I'm stuttering. 
that's funny dumb it is, it is dumb idiot. now when you guys hear me stuttering it's not it's just how i talk Today I asked Kinsey to draw me kissing Shenha and Kim, but it was disgusting. <laughs> that was out of nowhere. I, no, I put it in stars like, that's disgusting. You know what's funny? I was actually going to I, I was do it, but I was feeling very anxious today, okay. so I was like, I want to feel better. I'll, I'll come back. Mm-hmm. You haven't drawn your D&D character like I asked you to. Yeah, well, Did you not just hear what I just said? She hasn't been feeling well, and she only does art Monday through Friday. Anxiety what? A- anxiety what? Depression like what? With my wallpaper and then my inside wallpaper is chowder. I did like that. That tweet. Literally had me choking in my bed. I was laughing because Chatter was like staring down directly at where, you know, obviously fictional tits would be. Didn't you see? Did you yeah. think that was funny? I didn't put together that Chatter well, was looking it, at the for titties. For me, the Chatter was like a shameful. Let me pull it up. It felt like a shameful look. Like, no. I shouldn't be looking to be No, let me show you what listeners, I Chatter's the cat that belongs oh, to Kinsey well, that I raised. Look, when I look. chose it as my wallpaper, it felt like a he shameful. He looks like he's looking down at someone's boobs right now. <laughs> I, I used it more like a shameful like i shouldn't look at her like i'm like, like look away man. yeah i see yeah. that more no look look if you see the photos let me put my no, mic no, down I'm hold on my no. intentions when i used it i know but it. i'm telling you what i thought look you pull up her tweet and there's boobs right there and oh. he's literally looking right at the boobs that's kind of funny down. what he's looking down yeah but right in that still it does look like he's looking I at the boobs I forgot that Kaylin really likes proportional animal drawings that are done anatomically correct and she doesn't like but insinuating that, anything. That, like if you were to just look, look at that image for the first that time, that looks like he's at Twitter least looking. coming for me. Yeah, the Twitter crop's coming for you because he looks like he's looking in the direction of Shenha's boobs. Yeah. Even if it's technically down, yeah. it's like. I was the, using the, it as a shameful-ness, like, I'm no better than a man. No, the, that's why I laughed so hard is not because what you th- yeah. meant it to be. I thought you were like, <laughs> I'm putting this on my wallpaper because i am looking at her boobs yeah. like that's what i thought that's it was funny. honestly that picture of her is like horrible for my wallpaper because you can't see her face it's just like tits and waist credit where credit's due you're welcome yes thank you so much Kaden, for that image you sent it to kinsey because he was like cool and i was like send that to me immediately <laughs> I, I'm I, glad I don't you know it. that i don't ever ch- i very rarely change my wallpaper i'm talking like maybe once a year i change my wallpaper so, like, she probably won't last forever, but she's good for right now. I like that. <laughs> it, and then after this, we'll go back to, like, a haiku thing or something, probably. Yeah, good character. Good character, that shit. Yeah, huh? really good story. Really mm-hmm. good personality. Everything about her, phenomenal. She, she's just, like, an emotionless shell that is, like, trying to find her, like, feelings her. again. I don't know if you know, but I heard about, What's the like, spoiler? her always saving the traveler. I heard that her ropes come off. Her ropes? Oh, That's that she hot. gets angry That's at some hot. point? I've never seen that. All I know is they were like, I love when Shenha comes and saves the day, and when that that part where she has her ropes, when they they finally let her loose from her ropes. Mm. Holy shit! No, I haven't seen that, that. That's hot as hell. I'm assuming that's what they're talking about. I bet there's some fan art out there of people drawing what her ropes look like in her mind I palace. I bet you there's fan art of her with some BDSM just red ropes naked. That's no. that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. No, it's hard because like. You know, you could just see, like, the little bit of a soul that she still has, like, under those ropes are, like, seeping out of her personality as she is now. And how she was described before, this just became an episode about Shin We're talking about fan art. No, oh, I thought you were saying there was a spoiler. No, I said I bet you there's fan art. No, no, I know that, but back to your spoiler, spoiler, I'm saying it's hot because, like, (laughs) you get to see the real Shin that um, uh, Cloud Retainer described, like, that rage that, It's like some guts for passion, yeah. Female rage. I'm just like, let it out. Scene, but it's just What's the title again, Mar? What was it? Let your real uh, stuff out. Like, <laughs> where, where the craw daddies. Where the craw daddies sing. <laughs> Close. Where it's... the claw daddies sing. 
we're the claw dads sing. When I feel like Elijah Woods right now. We're the craw dads sing. Do you know where the, the craw, craw daddy mommies. sing? Where the craw mommies sing. <laughs> where the craw- Where are the craw daddies? Where are the craw daddies? Are you the craw daddies? <laughs> Do the craw daddies sing? <laughs> Do you wear wigs? When will they sing? <laughs> Why do you do it so good? <laughs> when will well, you wear wigs? God, I love it. <laughs> the the he he's dead. He died in a car accident. <laughs> he's dead. Where where's the craw mommy with the uh, the craw daddies? Everybody's gonna think we're crazy. You <laughs> you you make love with German woman. <laughs> 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 Kid. What was the kid's name? You, you have babies? <laughs> what was the baby's name? Oh, you, you make love with Crawl Daddy. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it now that I'm laughing. Kayla had, had me with the German woman thing. Anyways, we're just, we've only talked about the title. <laughs> Anyways, this week is about love. Love. love where the craw dads sing yes i showed where this movie mommies and craw daddies do craw where the craw mommies and craw daddy things where the craw ladies sing where the craw ladies sing <laughs> uh anyways the craw parent uh, someone close to me uh near to my family recommended me this movie <laughs> what the fuck else was i supposed to say bitch fuck you <laughs> sorry yeah, show me this me. movie, and it's really good. Um, it is a romantic movie, which I know I haven't really. Sh- well, I guess I did show Fan of the Opera. Just kidding. I I have shown romantic That's like spice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is like whole ass. I'm talking almost as good as the Notebook. Almost as good as Beastars. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I think they had like the same plot actually. Get out of here. Get get out of here. All anyway, of you. Anyway. It was like yeah. a, it was like a, you would consider it a rom com. Yeah, it was not a rom com. It was really calm. It was more like rom. With it was rom. It was just romantic, girl. <laughs> rom drum, actually. Yeah, yeah, Any- that's what it is. It's a rom drum. Anyways, yes, it was a romantic movie, a really good one. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell by listening, but mine are hopeless romantics. Kaylin's like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love reading, you watching. Are yeah, like we we are. Maybe like, I just keep it locked away in my twelfth house. Just to be Maybe when we open up that twelfth house, we might find some new things about Kaylin. But as of today, mm-hmm. Ryan and I we're like the sappy, hopeless. We show up every Friday on Webtoon for mm-hmm. an episode, one episode, mm-hmm. guys. I just don't share the ones I read. Whatever, whatever. Anyways, so that's why when I watched this movie and uh, it affected me as severely and deeply as something like The Notebook, I was like, I need to show. My homies, I think both of them would like them, even though they're on different spectrums um, of, I guess, hopeless romantic. But I knew they'd all, they'd both like it, so that's why I showed it. And I think it's a story that I have not seen a lot, um, yeah. really at all ever, in movies like, uh, like like live action movies, because I feel like live action movies can really be cringy or be forcing chemistry i feel like uh, Mm -hmm. i hate to say this as somebody who just only watches anime but most of the romantic things i've seen have been anime Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know um your name were like 13 watching the anime movie and you were like that's real chemistry but i can look at that now and know that's not true you know i'm saying like now looking at things objectively 
for what they are. I think it, give, it gives me the Phantom of the Opera vibes where we had the conversation about like the chemistry with the acting between yeah. uh, the Christine yes. and uh, yeah. Phantom. Now, I had argued in that podcast, I was like, I really think the actor to Raul dropped the ball because he dropped the it ball. Could, like, if, if there was chemistry there too, because like she was under the influence of Phantom, but like in the story, she's supposed to be in love. And With I Raul, wish that yeah. the acting could have sold me on that because I would have felt conflicted too. Yeah, but I didn't feel like, conflicted. Who she like, we all were, yeah. We all were not into Raul that much. So I think that that's the struggle you're talking about with, with live, live action, action movies yeah. is like they just don't sell the chemistry and you just don't get immersed. I think they should be yeah. forced to hang out before acting. Yeah, like you most, know, most movies and shows that have real chemistry, they're already friends. I, I was actually going to bring outside. up Twilight. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart dated for a while, but then she cheated on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a prerequisite for them to date. I just think they should already have a well-established relationship before they have to pretend they're in love. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sh- you you called both of us separately and told us about this movie. And at first, I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch this movie because I don't like a lot of romance stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, stuff. live action romance stuff. I like and, to read, and I can see why. I don't think that live action romance is as effective as reading mm-hmm. things or as literal anime, like mm-hmm. things that are there. Yeah, we have voice actors, but it's easy to mm-hmm. fake a voice actor than it is to fake also like body language. Yeah. You know? Also, I think it's because the story is written by a woman. Like, Yeah, obviously, yeah. let's put most of the props um, towards at that. At first, I was like, yeah, I'll watch this, I guess, Kinsey. And then you told us some more stuff with the movie. I was like, I guess <laughs> I'll watch it and put two and two together. Uh, but then I think like when I saw you in person, you talked more about it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I was like, I'll watch this one. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did spoil it for them at the beginning mm-hmm. um, because I didn't think they'd be watching it. And I wanted to talk about my experience from the beginning to end of watching this amazing movie. Uh, I was immediately like, I want to watch it. I, I felt was really like, bad because then they both seemed actually really interested to watch it. In, uh, very interested to watch it. So Yeah, I understand why, though. This is kind of an animated, like, dominated household. So, like, I get it. I'll watch whatever. <laughs> Anything you tell me is good, I'll watch it. I'll give it all What I care about mostly is the story. So I still will watch mm-hmm. a live action. As long as it's got a really good story. That's why I like you know? Handmaid's mm-hmm. Tale. Like, I felt like the acting was really good. And, like, I mean, it's really dark. I can't say that I watch it all the time because, like, I'll feel depressed watching it. But, like, you sell me on good acting and a good story, like, I'll sit down and watch it. Uh, so what did you guys think about her relationship with her father and how every single one of her family members left in her childhood one by one? I think I, you and I talked about it afterwards, like, like, damn, why didn't the brother bring her with her? But, like, realistically, where the family was and where the, like, siblings were, they, there was no way they could take care of her, let alone themselves. Like, it absolutely felt like shit that they had to leave her behind. I think that I was shocked that the younger brother didn't try to take her with her. I know, because he seemed, him. he seemed so young himself <clears throat> that it's like, why didn't you take your younger sister with you? And I think the mm-hmm. sad truth is he was, like, looking out for himself just like the mother did, just like all the others. Like, I think he saw the patterns. He was like, I have to look out for myself in this world. I love my sister, but I'm not going to make it if I can't look out for myself. Um, I also think it shows that she was not willing to leave either. That's also, I agree. So that could, I think maybe the other siblings could have even told her, like, maybe you should leave. I, I and don't we didn't see get to see that part. Yeah, there could have been a part. Like, also, why didn't she see it? Like, if she was as close to her brother as they were, why wasn't she like, my brother, the only person who cares about me is leaving, I'm going to leave with him. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. And then the father left and, you know, they sold me on the whole, like, you know, she was living alone. Only a few people assumed it, but they're like, okay, she's getting by just fine. Like, we're just going to, like, let it slide under the ra- radar. 
But I think the only like, and this isn't a plot hole, it's just something I wonder about. Like, I wonder why nobody had bought up that property in that whole time she was like, you know, a young, young child to an adult. I think the location It was the marshlands, bro. Yeah, like nobody wanted to live there. But people had just started looking, so that's when she like kicked it in the year to get the money together. Yeah, when she got older, I think that's when people started looking. And if you think about it, this is set in a very old time. So 10 years later, of course, technology might be in a better place where people would be... can clear out the land. Monitoring houses and like stuff like that. Or it could have been more of an opportunity for more people. Maybe when she was younger, only super rich people could do that. Well, you've you've convinced me. I think that's a really good... Uh, answer to my it actually, think about it, in the it actually originally started in the 50s and then 10 years okay. later the so yeah, it's even worse like even in the 50s there weren't people who were like checking to see people living in their houses or like looking around like they were just like living their looking lives, out for themselves looking and... out for themselves especially yeah exactly so like and again no one's living in the marsh so they were just it was like almost like an abandoned house that was in the marsh mm-hmm. 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 So, pretty cool you could get away with living on the land she had like an emotional attachment to the area just because like she knew nothing else mm-hmm. that could have been another thing she was she knew nothing mm-hmm. she was not told to go to yeah. school she wasn't taught anything so and just imagine leave. leaving someplace that you this is all you've known yeah i would really love to see some more in-depth stuff about like the writing of her character and whether the author was going for this little girl had gone through so much trauma that yeah she's the weird outsider or if she is written as an autistic character because we all kind of noticed very like neurodivergent things that she was you know displaying yeah. her hyperfixation special interest uh mannerisms like i mean the way that's she my runs. assumption on it yeah everything the way that she talks very straightforwardness honest like you know dialogue that she has between like uh tate so i'd like to hear more on that because you know at least from everybody in the town they call her outsider and weird but also even if she's autistic like they still call her outsider weird yeah i, I bet, just would I like to see like, the them. official statement from her i think it'd be interesting well it is a book so i feel like we didn't get to read maybe the more in-depth things uh about her character so maybe we would even have enough evidence just to truly think ourselves oh is she autistic you know mm-hmm. i obviously i think it'd be great to hear just straight up from the author what does she think but i feel like the book will probably say more um evidence on if we can determine if we personally think she's autistic as mm-hmm. well as and i think the know, actress did a really good job at that because like she didn't act like i feel like the word weird in the way that you can think of it is like almost like stupid or like you know silly like people think of those words when they think of weird um but like she was very smart very intelligent um very to herself just like a gentle kind of hermit character so sweet. and I, I don't know i just really think that she killed it with her acting i i, I bought into it i was like i, I was would immersed. protect you i'd kill for you you're I know. Sweet, I was like, you sweet baby angel. I mean, I was I crying know. like 15 minutes into the film. She so cried at the lollipop really scene. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> warning. <laughs> okay. I'm saying this. Okay. I watched it with these two silly billies um, when I had already watched it. And when I watched it by myself, I was bawling like all throughout the movie. So I was hoping to see my friends not cry about it because I don't want to see them sad, but I wanted to see if it affected them as much as it affected mm-hmm. me. And when Raya... Like, 10 minutes in, I already started crying, and she cried throughout the entire film. I was like, thank God I was not the only one, because it, it was it a was very the, sad film. It was the scene where the store lady put a lollipop in the little girl's bag for free. That's when Mariah started crying. It was, because the acting, like, she was alone, and all she wanted was a lollipop, and her asshole dad wasn't even around, and she was like, well, I guess I have to buy Bro, the shit that I have to buy. He was, the he was there didn't he get scene, her grits? Yeah, they, and that's they lived it. off of grits, and, like, well, I think one other thing, and so she was buying the grits, and she really wanted the lollipop, and she, you could tell she was like, 
mm-hmm. can't afford it. And it was just so genuine, like, that the lady was, like, could tell that she really needed something and she needed, like, obviously she mm-hmm. wanted it, but she also just needed some sort of, like, extra attention. And she was like, I will give her this special treat because she yeah. deserves it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that poor girl. Yeah. Who those, knows those... no good in life and this woman's taking care of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jumping in his wife were, like, uh, that was their very first, like, interaction of the saying, like, I'm going to be here for you all the way up to, like, being there for her in the courtroom, like, mm-hmm. Um, I, think I think that, that was, was super so sad. Sweet. I could tell like that was like the start of like someone who was actually caring for her. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was sweet too. Which like I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but at the scene where she turns around and she has all of her loved ones behind her, and like she, they talk about how alone she is, but like her brother's there, uh, they're there, her lawyer's there, um, Tate's boy- there, yeah, Tate's there, um, his father's there. Yeah, it's just like it's like you do have people for the publishers there. Like, I know the publisher was even there. We, we are kind of jumping in the sense yeah. that people might not know what we're talking about, but I mean, you should have watched the movie. Well, I guess okay, it. yeah, you're right. Whatever. If you're still listening, like, go listen to the B Stars episode instead, because like you suck and you're stupid if you haven't watched this movie first. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> so we can we can talk about her and Tate. All right, yeah. So I want to hear you guys' opinions on what you thought of Tate initially. Um, what you thought of his acting and what you thought of their relationship. So when I like, first saw Tate, he was how you a feel. child. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Are when I first watched it, I uh, I didn't put two and two together that was Tate. I had only guessed because I didn't hear at the beginning that he said his name was Tate. Yeah, he's like, my name's Tate. And the dad was like, if I ever see you on my motherfucking property again, <laughs> I'll kill you. And I was like, damn, bro, he's a child. And Tate still pulled up all those yeah, years he did, later. He, he said, hey, what's up? Uh, when we first saw grown Tate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, grown Tate. Thank you. It was you. the feather scene, right? yes yeah so like what's so precious about that is like he obviously had to have been i don't want to say like watching her but like aware of her to know that like she would appreciate something like that mm-hmm. like it wasn't like he took a risk by like hiding a feather because no like i could have walked by that feather and been like a feather you know like he knew that she it was something that I would call her to pay attention to what he was trying to do because he knew mm-hmm. she liked animals yes and when i first saw tate you were talking about how attractive he was i was like uh, okay. Hey, 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 and I was me. like, actually, no. When I first saw him, I thought he looked funny. That's what I'm you saying. You did. I'm not saying that like he wasn't attractive because he was like a blonde hair white. He like, looks like Robert white. Irwin to me. I like he that. He does. He looks. But when I yeah. first saw him, I thought maybe it was like the lighting and the angle. I was like, he looked funny. But then they showed him again. I was like, yeah. just kidding. I think it could have been the lighting or the angle when you first see him because it was a lot of bright light on him. Um, also because he was so far away, I thought he was just gonna look like an average white man with a receding hairline. But then when they zoomed in on him, I was like, okay. That's actually a very attractive white man. Like, that's the attractive white jeans that exist. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, Tate. Yeah, he looked fine. I mean, he was blonde hair, blue eyes, so I'd be like... Yeah, like, um, you know, my regular taste is more like a howl. More yeah. like a long hair kind of dude. But he was good for, like, yeah. He was he was guy. very I love, I love attractive for a normal ass uh, looking guy. So when I first met Tate, I was like, okay, well, here we go. We got the love interest. I knew it was happening. <laughs> um, but I think that he was so like gentle and so sweet when it came to their relationship that it felt like, like you said, the chemistry felt so genuine. Mm-hmm. It was like this nice, calm, like slow development. I loved it. I thought his gentleness was something that a lot of male actors either don't think of or are not good at showing. Yeah. Also, or, think you know, the writing because um, I mean, we're gonna get into other characters later on, but I see so many parallels where the author is writing what genuine gentle love is and then what toxic oh, you know well, yeah. control love the is the writing and like the even just like the mm-hmm. directing like the way you said the gentleness of how he touched her like I that's think, not all just the writing that's like the director making sure it's like yeah i think perceived. overall this obviously all is only happening because of how good the book is yeah but mm-hmm. i'm saying that for a male actor to do oh, yeah. successfully i think mm-hmm. i will give him props that he either paid a lot of attention to his role 
or you like you know he's really talented because I feel like in a lot of movies, uh, romance movies, you don't get to see men that it doesn't feel that, that gentle. It that still gentle, feels kind of like rigid and forced. Yes, mm-hmm. it feels rigid and forced, and I felt like I was seeing a very feminine side to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. men are not taught to learn, even though they have the capability of doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I was so into it when he pulled up on that screen and started acting like that. I know. Right, I, I also liked, of, like, the she felt so safe, safe with him. Like, she was the one that invited him to her house. If you remember the other guy who forced himself to into her property, like, she's like, do you want to come meet at my house? Like, she <laughs> was so drawn was so to him. Cute. It was I know. So cute. I, I loved how, like, are we dating now? Are you my boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I loved, I loved that she was immediately pulled to him and drawn to him because that's, like, how it should be. Like, you, that's how it feels when you are in love like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. Because he's tearing up over here. Very cute, very cute. Um, yeah. So, uh, what'd you guys think about like how their relationship progressed? Because they start out as friends. By the way, they yeah. don't. You know, I love a good friends to love. <laughs> she really hits home. Her chest. <laughs> that was like, fucking funny. I was. I thought because of how much tension and chemistry was there on their first interaction, yeah. I thought that maybe they were just gonna hop into liking each other, but they didn't, and I liked it I think even it's more. Funny. Mm-hmm. For one, I think that um, they never really addressed with them like knowing each other as children. Obviously, I'm assuming they did, but they never really talked about it. Yeah, and I think that there was probably a part of Tate that like remembered her from like the not safe house. Oh no, they did address it because he was like, "Oh, you're my, I'm your brother's friend." Remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he was aware of like the household she grew up in, so I think he was like deliberately slow and cautious with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I forgot the exact question you answered. I had a different answer in my head to the question you asked. Um, but I think the way she, what the fuck was the question you asked? You asked I, how, how I was saying, uh, what did you expect about? How did you feel about their relationship growing from friends to oh, lovers? Because yes. it's not what I thought was going to happen at first. And I think that it does it does kind of give you that just like feeling like it's not what's gonna happen. Like at first you assume like, oh, it's a relationship, but the way that their friendship developed, it felt like a friendship at first. It did. Yeah, like there was definitely hidden feelings for one another, but they prioritized that friendship. It wasn't like he showed up with a mission like, Okay, I'll be your friend and then I'll get her to like me and then I'll I'll fuck her. her. (laughs) I think that it was a seriousness where he was like, This girl is like a really genuine person. I wanna teach her the things she doesn't know, I wanna show her how to read to write. And like, mm-hmm. I want to be your friend. I want to be there for her because she has no one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was aware that she had no one. So I think and it was they a fell whole in different love. thing. So then at the end of the day, I think like he was like, this is like one of my best friends. And he was kind of like, I kind of like her too. It's just another mm-hmm. one of those parallels because you jumped to Chase and like he had a motive. And like even she kind of knew it where she's like, okay, I guess I'm alone. And I, I know this guy wants, but I am alone. So I want to hang out with someone. <clears throat> versus like mm-hmm. he didn't go into it even after the relationship yeah, yeah it's just like he came I'll, in with just genuine care for yeah. her and yeah, i think you know that's what's even like, you have no about, one and i want to be there her relationship with chase is like not that she didn't have not that she had trust issues i don't think she did i think she was just like a happy-go-lucky kid but when she met tate it was almost like a cautiousness like oh like i i can talk to people like i don't have to be the marsh kid that everyone hates mm-hmm. and like people like me for me and then like with chase it was almost like she she was cautious, but she was like, maybe he does. Like, she was convincing herself. Maybe he she, does, like, that's the thing. Tate was, like, proving to her why yeah. she didn't need to feel that way. She had to convince herself when she was with Chase that yeah. what it what she thought it could be. Girl, you are squeaking that table. I know. It's not going to be in the mic, but it was just, I was sitting on my ankle weird. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, but, yeah. Uh, obviously, the, I think the, the progression of the relationship was very natural. The actors, like, hit it out of the park. You know, obviously, the writer wrote it amazingly. The kiss in the leaves... Um, oh I wanted gosh. it to be cringy. I wanted to roast it, like, it but it wasn't. Was. When they first started walking towards <laughs> the leaves, I will give yes. you that. 
Cause, yes. but also at the same time, I was like, "Is she autistically stimming?" I was like, "I could see that." I was literally I could like, see that. I was like, "But the then, least in the as soon as they changed the angle where they're looking oh, at each other and when when they changed the angle and they start to look at each other, that actually was shot so well. I think it was just the initial start of the leaves that was a little awk. But I think I thought the kiss was awk. so perfect. Um, I was so into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much into yeah, it. I would also, agree. like while we're talking about kissing and shit. Um, I thought it was incredibly sweet that like he thought to like yeah they he he kissed her and they took her clothes off like whatever. Oh, you're talking about later yeah. when he goes to the picnic yeah. to see they're the geese. At birds. They're taking their clothes off and then he's like, you know what? Like I don't want to do that to you. Like I don't want to put you at risk. Like you would be the one in danger. And I was like, the first time I was like, what? I was like, I was like, he don't want to fuck her because she's the Marsh girl. Well, I actually no, I didn't think that. I think he didn't for a split moment. I did when he first like stopped her. I was like. He care about his uh, personality or his identity more, but then like he kept talking, and I was like, uh. I think there's two things. I think one, he was afraid of getting her pregnant because he did not want to put her in that yeah. situation. But two, don't you remember before that his dad said, "I heard you've been hanging out with the Marsh girl. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of your uh, future more seriously." Yeah. Because if well, you I guess get that is pre- why he did it. So when I saw that, I thought 50-50. He cares for her, but at the same time, I he was thinking of his future his too. Future was yeah. He's like, if I have a kid, I can't go away to college. And yeah, like he's like, I want to go to college. If I want to get anywhere in my life, I have to mm-hmm. go to college first. Is how he thought, you know. I think mm-hmm. I think it was just like the speed that he reacted to like them taking their clothes off. Where I was like, oh, he don't want to fuck her because she's a marsh girl. So I think that <laughs> no, was, I didn't think like, that for one second. Was, yeah, me neither. One second when he like kind of pushed her off, I was like, damn. And I think it was just because like all the characters building up to this didn't like her because she was a marsh girl so i thought like he was also reflecting that you thought they were gonna have a weird yeah, twist i don't know I, I don't, i'm not saying it was I gonna be that Tate bad so much. i just thought for a split moment like that he was more worried about his identity because people were making comments about him being with the marsh girl a hans from frozen i think i think that's <laughs> i think that's a perfectly fine way to feel about it there's nothing wrong with that i for some reason i was just 100 percent tate fan so i was like i don't think that i think he's so injured and that he people, you know yeah i think maybe <laughs> it might be our background <laughs> But anyways, uh, fast forward, he eventually leaves because he has to go to college and he promises her that he's going to come back. And I could tell in his voice that he was lying when he was saying that to her, but not out of a place of not loving her. He actually did want to come back to her, but he was thinking about the reality of like, can I, should I, et cetera, et cetera. And the scene where she gets ready on 4th of July. That's terrible. And she gets her little dress out and she puts on her mom's lipstick and, you know, dolls herself up and she's so excited. She brings her- she brings a little drawing for him, by the way, which is the geese drawing, in case you don't remember that when they were at their picnic, and he doesn't show up. I cried so hard watching her wake up on the beach the next day, still waiting for him. It was like giving very much puppy abandoned. Yes. Like, I'm talking a puppy abandoned in the middle of nowhere vibes. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I feel the exact same way. Like Maya's crying it, it, <laughs> right now. I don't want to use the word, like, naive, but it gave very young, pure love, just like this... I have complete faith in you and faith in us. Like, I love you this much. And so to feel that abandoned, it was like this, like, oh, no moment. And it was terrible. It was mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. At this point, I've already, I think at this point in the film, I already <laughs> cried, like, maybe eight times. Yeah, at this point in the film. I think I cried, yeah. like, the lollipop scene. I cried when the dad left. I cried, like, when Tate and her, like, first started getting together. I was, like, already going through the emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what was so hard in the movie was seeing how much they loved each other and how they how they were running into real problems and then not being with each other. Like you could tell both of them wanted each other just as much as the other one did. And it was almost like it felt like this 
unneeded pain, but at the same time, it made sense why Even they were struggling back, with it. He was like trying so hard to explain to her, like it's not you. Like I wanted to, but like I, I had to get out of here, or I'll never would have. And I was like, oh, like he genuinely didn't want to leave her. He wanted to leave where they were. Yeah, and at the same time, he understood that where they were was surrounded by a bunch of conservative pricks. Yeah, like he was just like her. I also think that he was on the spectrum. By the way, I think he was autistic as well, and I think he knew that these were the kind of people he did not want to be around. Um, but you know, life's real, money's real, and he felt like I need to go he was get like, those I can things. Either be a shrimper with my dad and hate my life and stay in this small little town, or I can go and be something. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So yeah, very sad scene. Just thinking about her being abandoned, hurt me so much. And when they talked about how she processed her feelings and how it took five years to do yeah. that, was very sad. Um. Really was really sweet to hear her whole monologue. You know, and mm-hmm. how much the the marsh was always there to catch her when she <laughs> felt like really really low oh when she you know? saw that I, I uh, falcon that was cool shit like she loved animals in in this movie she was very connected to animals um so i feel like every time she was reminded from the marsh that there are more reasons to live other than love like with another mm-hmm. person uh i felt like that was so beautiful and like something that people overlook why it took her so long i mean think about like how her upbringing was like she felt genuine love for the first time yeah that's all like any child or person really wants in life is to like feel loved and her family wasn't doing that for her so for her to finally feel that and for to be uprooted without him to leave communication anything that up and left yeah she literally think that it hurt her so bad and that makes it it took five years she literally said she's like everyone always leaves and now you've left you know and like that for me oh my gosh is our podcast a therapy session um i i feel like i've struggled with that same feeling of like do people genuinely want to stay can they all the time that everybody leaves and she's like that's not healthy i'm like the truth is everyone in my life will leave me at one point i literally would say the same thing to my therapist i I was just like they're always gonna leave like it's realistic it's it's a realistic way of thinking i guess but at the same time i was doing it in an unhealthy way so when she was saying that i was like and you got every reason to think that girly pop because every person has left you in your life yeah Yeah, they wrote it very well especially like her the fact that was he good. was the first person that she trusted to stay, and then even he did. I was That's like, like times you. three betrayal. Yeah, girl. I was like, hey, you do better. Like, you let's better. be honest, she didn't really like <laughs> trust anyone else in her family. Even her dad, she like barely trusted. Yeah, but like, Tate was the first. Tate one. was the first person she actually put her like life into. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. exactly. Like everybody else, like was her family. She was born into that family. They left her life. It was the first person to come into her life. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to actually put that energy in, you know? Mm-hmm. So then when Tate left, we were introduced to Chase. The main man of the well, hour. Five years later, five years later. Yeah. This main man of the hour. Yeah. I hope it's the main man of the hour of Roasting. <laughs> because Stoned to death. Stoned to death. <laughs> anyway. Yes. We have Chase Andrews. Oh my god, um, you didn't start the name? start of the film was literally like that he was oh, murdered. Yeah, sorry guys. Let me let me Backtrack. The whole point of this movie is actually about his murder. Pull up to the crime scene, (laughs) and we see that Chase Andrews, quarterback of little bro, that's South Carolina high school. That's how I knew it was in the small like fail in the mud, the small country yeehaw little village. Second, they're like the quarterback of the star quarterback, and he's like a grown ass man out of high school. Yo, how did she get away without even a uh, running from police charge? Oh, yeah, because at the beginning of the movie, we start off with her running away from the police, which makes you really think, did she kill this man? Or did she have some sort of, you know, involvement in it? Mm -hmm. Um, And they didn't even mention that, that she wasn't even charged for running away from the police. 
but yeah, we start off, she's in court because they think she killed Chase Andrews. Now, we do have to highlight the fact that she did date Chase Andrews. Mm-hmm. And this is where we transition from our loving relationship with Tate five years to now Chase. Mm-hmm. Chase pops up in her life and starts, you know, trying to court her, I guess you could say. And this girl... Although she's healing from Tate, I don't think she's in a place of healing over herself enough to be in a relationship. She's so lonely. She experienced five more years of loneliness, guys. She has no family, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I think at that point she was just so, you know, uh, so deserving and wanting of love. Yeah, human psychology says that you, you first of all, it's like horrible to be alone. It like kills you faster. And yeah. Human psychology says you always crave some sort of companionship. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, so that we already said like everything that built up to why she kind of accepted this love because she thought that was the quality she deserved you know yeah Yeah, and i think it's interesting too because like i hate to say it it reminded me a lot of myself in my early dating years me too Uh, like when i watched it i could see every red flag literally every single one that was clear out of his mouth and honestly even when guys would talk to me like that my mind was like almost like um i think i was raised with very um Poor social skills, I will say. So I had to really sort through what people were saying to me. And I'm like, is this love? Is this real? Like, I had to kind of try to interpret it. And like, I guess I guess it is love, you know? And so I saw a lot of myself and uh, I related to that feeling because I think that she kind of was going through that emotion where she's like, man interested in me. Well, I think says, what she was saying also, like the that line, you, uh, the, the line for being a wallflower that we accept the love we think we deserve she was accepting that she was lonely for five years so when that love came she kind of accepted like this is the love i should get like tate didn't love me this man loves me this is what i deserve and she was so lonely that she was like i'm just gonna take this i also think she had poor social skills and i think that her intuition was telling her it was wrong but that she so desperately wanted something that she chose to stay right i I relate to that too like i could see the i'm in a wrong situation this guy's not got the best intentions with me like, like that, that, that that gut feeling but then you're just telling yourself like nah stick it out we're alone like i just want to feel something anything like that's so fucking heartbreaking and i she her acting was so good she killed it with that like because you could see the gut feelings every time that he was being weird and then even when he tried to come on to her the very first time she was like you know what this is a red flag no so she was smart enough to at least start walking away but then he killed her with kindness well i think he manipulated her i think he straight up he was persistent and he manipulated her because he knew what she, he needed to say yep. for example i'm never gonna leave you i'm always gonna he be like, here think, i'm a marry you. i'm the weird one too like people like, yeah my family that's manipulation the and, like they all think i'm weird mm-hmm. so like he was kind of like saying like i'm just like you like obviously he took his pushiness because he wasn't taking no as an answer but then he with that manipulation and mm-hmm. what she wanted to hear it was like when older guys date younger girls. Like he knew what she needed to hear to yeah. get what he wanted. He you know, said in one line that I was very surprised that he said when he was like, "I never try to change you." Everybody in this town thinks you're weird, and not once did I try to change you. I accepted you for how you are as one of the reasons to get her back. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And that's what do you like, think about oh my that God, line? That's bare minimum. What do you mean? That's the whole point of dating me. There's only one of me. Like, <laughs> do you want to change that? No, then maybe you should go date someone else. She grew up seeing everyone thinking that she was weird and he was like i don't think you're weird and she's like oh my god it's almost like in an unhealthy way as we know like she latched onto that like he doesn't think i'm weird i want to change if i'm with him yes yeah and that's that's really sad i think that was really abusive of him to do and obviously as we continue to watch we saw that mm-hmm. he wasn't just emotionally and mentally abusive he yeah, was physically abusive you told, you told us like the, the ending but i was like 
I was like, I'm wondering like how deep this relationship was going to go. Like, I didn't know if I was going to see her with like another person or anything like that. So it was very like interesting that she just accepted this as a relationship. Like, I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be like maybe like not a full blown relationship, maybe like a couple things, and that was it, and we'd go towards the end. But it, it she stayed there with the relationship for a while. Yeah, and then she finds out that he's engaged this whole time, the entire time he was engaged, um, to Pearl. I think was her name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking Pearl. Uh, she looks like she has such stiff hair. Yeah. But um, and she. One thing I will say is that although she second guesses herself, when she sees information that is prominent enough, mm-hmm. she makes a clear decision. Yes. Like the first date when he was trying to fuck her, just had kissed her. You know, yep. she's like, "Fuck you!" Right? It took like, in my opinion, some mastermind manipulation to actually. Uh, control her from from chase and i think chase mm-hmm. had the experience to know how to do that i don't think mm-hmm. just anybody knows how to do that um but when she's when she saw that she's like i know my worth i'm not the yes. second option fuck you i'll go be alone actually and then he went after her mm-hmm. and was hitting her and tried to fucking rape her on the beach yep you know yeah. when she beat the sh- okay first of all when he hit her the <gasps> first time and when she looked at him wound up that fucking She's like, right I'm my hook. father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I know she had an abusive father, but she wound that shit up and knocked his yeah. ass. He almost fell on his face. And I was like, hell well, this yeah. Is like when he found, so like when he first showed up, he showed up at her house and like destroyed her house. No, well, that um, was the, no, no, that was like, that was, that was not the first time. time. No. Like not right after it happened because he showed up drunk at the, no. he drunk at the scene. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. I he saw her. her. Was when, no, I think when she first saw him with his her fiance, or his fiance, she showed up at her house. Well, what happened was he did go to her house, but he hadn't destroyed the house yet, oh, right? Okay. He just, then like, he sees her on the her, beach. Yeah. And, and then after the beach, point, trying to rape her. Yeah, after the beach, she comes home at some point. It wasn't the same day. Her shit's uh, wrecked yeah. in there, right? So we didn't actually get to see him. Like, you don't get to beat my ass and not get any consequences. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, right before, like, he turned violent on her, like, it was this final rejection she had given him because she had already been avoiding him. And that's when he saw her in public, chased after her, drunk. And she said, I feel sorry for you. I don't want no part of these games. Like, she knew what she wanted. You touch me and I'll kill you. And he's like, I will not take no for an answer. So that's just the kind of character he was. And then our homegirl, obviously, surviving. Because she practically has a predator after her because mm. he's coming over like every day. Mm. Oh, I forgot Our the, I, man. Yeah, at this point, Tate saw them together on the boat. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, back it up, back it up, guys. That's so we're important. watching the movie, and I didn't tell my homies about this, but they oh, see the God. scene where all of a sudden, I'm sorry, I will admit. Ha on the boats together. I don't know why the director did this because I thought it was a little jarring at first because before we saw them on the boats, we see Tate in a boat. Mm. And we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We I think that it was amazing they did that. I like oh, I don't Tate's know. It, little bow. It, it freaked me out. Like, Are you Tate? Would you have rather Tate just come back like at another scene at her house? I think it was. No, I think the, the overall scene was great. I'm saying oh, the initial. You're right, I'm talking about the initial camera action where we just go straight to this person in a boat, and then I was like, oh shit, this is Tate. Maybe it was meant to do that. It was meant to shock us. Um, I'm just saying I was. I, sho- I was almost confused. They us to feel how she felt when she saw Tate later that day. Mm-hmm. Like we like, maybe yeah i can like, see, see that yeah. maybe i'm just silly i just got confused at first so i was like maybe that could have been a better transition but i loved the fact that he had run into them her and chase having fun on the boats you know laughing and mm-hmm. stuff and tate was watching from afar i was like girl that's right you don't just go leaving someone not telling them why like, you he left deserved that pain right there yeah it karma karma finds its ways you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but um i i uh i loved how tate but remember guys he saw Are we doing them commercial breaks anymore uh he saw them um 
before she got into that argument where they were, you know, maybe maybe we should wait till she comes back. Um, All right, Caitlin, can you uh, can you introduce I'll, I'll our new ad? All right, farmersonly.com, where like-minded um, growers and um, harvesters of animals and uh, plants for consumption can um, mingle and share crops. <laughs> Crop. D- um, sign up for free trial, thirty days. Then you know, pay us money. You never know what love. fertile soil is near you, <laughs> or or hot single, you know, midwife aged mothers. Fertile <laughs> mid aged wife mothers. Listen, this ad was a little tired. <laughs> Did Mariah like the last ad? I don't know. I didn't ask her what she thought. I'll have to ask her. You you had it going in a good direction. I liked it because this was a country movie we watched. So I did you do that on purpose? Um, yeah, romance. No, the fact that it was a country. You know, oh, I was going for romance first, and then oh. I was like, "What's what's funny? Romance, farmers only." Oh wow! So I guess your intuition led you to this. Yeah, you didn't even know. I gotta come up with fake names after a while, though. Hmm. Um. Let me think. Zookeepers only. <laughs> Um, Kaylin. What? What was your favorite romantic gesture or like thing in the whole movie? In the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Um her, her birthday. birthday. <gasps> she oh. didn't even know it was her birthday. Yeah, she didn't have a calendar. Mm-hmm. And then she said, Don't cut into my name. Autism at its finest. It. You know I love that in high school, my first boyfriend, we were walking on a track thing and I stopped to look at these ants and it was carrying like a giant dead beetle like this one you know answer like hell strong yeah and um this i was watching it and i told like he went to go step on it i said please don't step on it and he stepped on it yeah i think that's something that really turns me off about people is when they don't mm-hmm. respect your boundaries or how you feel and they take mm-hmm. it into their own hands and say i know how you feel i know yeah. what you want no fuck you i just told you what i want and i just told you how i feel so don't try to explain that shit to me just yeah, listen like, like, i feel like a guy like that if um she was to say, oh, please don't cut into my name and the cake would have been like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's cake and cut into it. Yeah. I thought it was just like very gentle, very sweet. He didn't ask. He didn't ask why that was important. He just cared that she felt that way and he cared about her feelings. So I was just asking her favorite part of the uh, movie, the most romantic gesture that she liked or something. And she said it was her birthday when he got and her cake. he remembered cake. it was her birthday and she didn't know it was her she birthday. she didn't have a calendar. Yeah, I liked that because he, he was like, I saw it in the Bible where they wrote you guys' birthday. Not the Bible. Oh, I was talking about the timeline, right? So when, when Tate saw them having fun, mm-hmm. this is before they had gotten in their, oh, yeah, their altercation, mm-hmm. right? Before it started getting physically bad, even though we know the whole time it's been emotionally bad. Wait, wait really quick. What? Did you like the last ad, Mariah? I haven't edited that episode all the way yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continue, Kinsey. Um, yeah, so... We had to say that because they wanted me to mention that. Um, now we fast forward to Tate showing up randomly because I guess he intuitively was like, "Let me go. The time. Let me go talk to this girl." Tate shows up. How long pr- do you think he was home before he said something to her? Well, I don't know because he it saw them dead. before they had their altercation. Like well, think about mm-hmm. it. I don't he think left it was for months. school. Like a month. Yeah, maybe like a month. He left for school. I'm assuming it's a bachelor's degree. That's like. Oh, well, he came back because he got a job in town. He said that's that. It. That's the only reason? Yeah, he said that he, he had a job opportunity to, to work there, and he said that he could stay there with her now. 
He said that whole mm-hmm. thing. He was like, I left and I, I knew you weren't going to leave. So that's why I just left, never came back. And I didn't want to come back because I knew you would never leave. And I need to get out of here. And then he said, but I got a job out here now. So like, I'd be here and I can be there with you. And I can help you do those things now. Like now that I have an And he also, re- well, he also realized he said those opportunities didn't mean anything to me yeah. without you there. So I made sure mm-hmm. to find an opportunity here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute too. <laughs> yeah, that's well, cute too. At this point, she was throwing rocks at him. So it wasn't really. Well, hold on. Hold on. Stoned to this. I was introducing this moment. That's, That's gonna be my new catchphrase. Say- <laughs> Don't leave me like that, Mariah. Did you hear me? Stone to death. That's gonna be my new catchphrase. Uh, yeah. He shows up in his little boat, and he's like, "Oh my God, you know, I love you." You know, he professes his love to her, confesses, professes both of them. You know, and she thought it was going to be Chase. Chase. Oh wait, he she he told her how he felt before she got hit because remember she was in a dress. Yes. She's all like, "Oh my God, Chase is here." run out you know because she's excited to see him Mm -hmm. the second time he comes to see her is when he sees that she has a bruise on her face and then thus we know that you know the shit with chase is going on but anyways i guess we're going back a time again when he shows up the first time and she's not fucked up from chase yet you look so nice nice. and she was like uh and she's throwing rocks at him as per my what she said um what did you guys think about his confession and what did you think about her response i think that her response was 100 percent warranted but i thought it was a very good confession I think oh, that he was like, yeah. you have me I, in the first half. Mm-hmm. And I think her response was like, I don't know if like we would respond like that if someone did that. Like you wouldn't be throwing rocks. <laughs> I can't see. But I think where it yeah. comes from is also she doesn't have like that social development that we would have to properly communicate the issue. Instead, she was like, get away from me. Get away. I don't want to talk to you. You hurt I me. Bye. Okay. I will agree that she's like, doesn't have the social, you know. Y'all, this is not an ASMR podcast. Why are y'all eating pretzels? I don't. um i do think that we have like better social skills than maybe she might but i actually think that if somebody hurt your feelings and left you for five years gave you no explanation somebody that you felt look you're scorpio you should be able to relate somebody that made you feel that intensely safe i would have already happy in those five years i would have found a way but let's say you didn't okay and let's say they came to say sorry to you do you think you would have communicated cle- clearly with them? No, I don't think I'd communicate like she would. I think I would have made it very clear that I didn't want to talk to you. Get away from me. I will talk to you when I feel like fucking talking to you. Yeah, or, that's what she did. Or, with rocks. You better try a little harder. You better call. You better, that apology? Times time. three. Times three. You got one little plus for an apology, but you better make it up some other way, you motherfucker. You got, you got time. That's what she said. And also, I'm dating someone else. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was Even though I'm not actually happy, I would have been happier with you. But you fucked up, so you gotta learn. <laughs> and I'll be sitting here for when that karma hits you, because you know you like me. <laughs> Very but good no, response. Her response just wasn't like obviously like articulated correctly. She was just like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. you. Hurt me, and she's like throwing rocks at him. And it was kind of like, I mean, obviously jarring, but also like, well warranted. Go ahead, mm-hmm. those exactly rocks at him. warranted. But I was like. But, but also, T is smart enough to know that what she's trying to say. Like, it's not like this thing well, where he's like, I don't understand why she's that mad at me. Oh, yeah. She's, well, she said, she said, you weren't man enough to tell me any of this. That hurt. Like, it's like, congratulations for the first step in five years of man enough to say what you have to say. You weren't man enough to face me. And I was like, oh, she said with aggression, too. I know, I said, Oh my like, God! Like, and he's like, "But I'm here now." <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all making me laugh in this podcast today. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like, I will say, like, his his confession was a good one. Like, he did good. But yeah, yeah. it's like I believed it. 
doesn't matter what kind of offering you're going to bring, the answer's still going to be no. Yeah. Yes. For right now. Yes. Yeah. The first step yeah, to the reconciliation but, is you have to be ready to face me and accept the answer, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. For step one. Other than that, you are a coward and a pussy. Even a page of Pentacles Amen. is one Amen. step closer. But some people, some people don't even have the balls to do the page of Pentacles move. Right. Some people right. Are all talk, no action. But you just expecting uh, her to crawl back. No action. Yep. But I think. Yeah. It, I, but here's the thing: it's it's because he's Tate. It went as smooth as it could have been. Rocks were thrown, but that's as smooth as it could have been. And I feel like a lot of people. They're, they're too, too afraid, afraid to face up to what they've done. done. Like, like you can, you can just come back. Yeah, yeah, he came back and he said, these were my fears and my obstacles and what got between us and it's all my fault. And like, he took full on accountability. accountability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he still continued to like show that he cared about her and like small things. Like, didn't he like try to leave her a feather at one point? Like a little message. That was towards that was towards the end. Okay, anyway. Well he still tried to make it a point that he like still checked, he checked about on her. her. Yeah, showed up to he her court her. thing. And then he also like fucking when he heard Chase talking about fucking her, he was like ready to beat his ass. Like he, yeah. he, he, he helped like, her with the publisher. Like, okay, she doesn't yeah. He was, he was like, like a silent like, supporter. I know you don't want to talk to me now, but like I still need to show in any small actions until you're ready to talk to me again. I want to show that I still care about you and I do still love you. Like I said, mm -hmm. I don't want to seem like a fake facade act. Like a big moment like he was like i need to make sure when she's ready that i'm still here anyways yeah so now the my favorite part well actually the murder. <laughs> when chase gets stoned to death with fire and stones um this is the part of the movie where we get to see you know her books we we kind of lightly didn't touch talk about that at all but She's an illustrator, and her books get really popular, and um, she's, like, hitting it off with this publisher. Got all these opportunities, which, by the way, Tate that had given her that list of publishers me, yeah. to reach out to, yeah. so that was cute as fuck. That whole scene made crying. me tear up. I was crying at that part. <laughs> my, what scene were you not crying yet? <laughs> my saying it like she, she won up me, and listen, tear up, tear up for Caitlin with the 12th house is, like, bawling my eyes out when I'm in front of other people, okay? So that, that was the part that made me tear up. I was like, good for fucking you. You did it alone. You survived. I was like, good for you, girl. Uh, and Mariah's like, sobbing. <laughs> That's okay, Mariah. I was stopping during the whole movie. I just I felt very I felt very connected to the fact that you got up as upset as I did. You know, uh, I got upset. It's okay, Mariah. I just don't feel tears. It's all right. Anyways, um, I was saying I was giving her validation for sobbing because like we award that in this room. Uh -huh. So during this part, we're like throughout the movie, they're going back and forth with the court case, etc. We're not going to go through the details of those, but at the end, you know, they're they're like really trying to hammer it home that she did kill Chase. And at this point, we're like, you know, she's never said she did, but she never said she didn't. But honestly, because of how shy she was and how sad her life looked, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe she didn't kill Chase. We had, yes, if anything, we had every reason from the beginning to think that she killed him. But it was the vibe she gave off in court. She, pro she properly manipulated my ass the whole movie. I didn't even know. I was like, well, maybe she didn't. I want to root for her, right? So then we get to hear about how she I know because the hat the fucking hat I was like yeah Tate that's yeah. right Tate so I was like yeah motherfucker kill his ass yeah I was like get your girl get your girl back so because so now that she'll you know ap appreciate that you know mm -hmm. helping her out with her yeah. assaulter so um 
then she's, we don't know for sure yet, but basically she's not guilty, right? She gets to leave the courthouse. We get that lawyer, 10 out of 10, by the way. Oh, yeah. We get to see her live the rest of her life with Tay. You know, we get to see Jump and Die, which was very sad. I'm emotionally, like, having a moment at this point in the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we're seeing a whole montage of her life. The moment where he, like, tries to talk, like, he goes to her house and fixes up her house and everything. I was already crying at that part. Yeah. After oh, that was court, so was sweet. Her, her house was all fixed up and her art was everywhere. Yeah, no, we we see like a whole montage of from the end of the court uh, date thingy and then to they're present like, yeah. day when they're old. So we get to see many things like her relationship. Um, I think they were you don't just, have to have I think kids. they were just happy. I, think, I mean, I don't know, depending on the book, they might have and we just don't know because maybe the director's Missed that yeah, point, but if they maybe they skimmed over it, like the kids are grown up and gone. Maybe they, maybe they could have had you know a fertility issue, you know many things. Maybe they didn't even want kids, but yeah. the point was is that they were so happy with yeah. one another, and we got to see them live old. And I, you know, I feel like a lot of romance movies um, will try to make it good by not letting it have a happy ending. Because maybe they're like, oh, is it too cliche if they have a happy ending? But this one, actually, the happy ending was so good. I did not feel like it was forced. Yes. I did not feel like it's, it's a Cinderella nice. ending, you know? But then we find out after she dies, when Tate's going through her sketchbook. When sketch she books, was stoned to death. <laughs> shut up. When he's going through her sketchbooks, he finds the necklace that they had ample reason to think that she had murdered Chase with because she had made it for him. And when they found his body, it wasn't on him when he wore it 24-7. So tell me what you guys thought about how she killed Chase like, and how, how she lied about it. Off of his body. I was so intrigued. I was like, how did she... Obviously, I think that in that moment when they were like, there's no evidence, like, homegirl knew the swamp like the back of her hand she you, was struck I, from a, this bitch bro she was like this is my swamp i know how to work it. she also knew how to cover tracks yeah, so, yeah i was gonna say from yeah. a young age she was covering that's her tracks saying, that's how she knew how to work around everything like she knew the water would rise she knew to cover everything she didn't want to she wanted to hide everything because she was basically even when she was living with her dad she wanted her existence to seem non-existent she was like i do not live here i'm not I'm invisible him. i will if he does not see me i will not she see was me. so smart she said i was a firefly flashing my light like saying, she knew when like, to be visible the water rising part like she was smart enough to know that the water yeah what are you talking about that she, the, the, uh, the water rose the water rose his body got covered so i think that was her, covered her it tracks was to cover her tracks and escape without even being known that she was there this again. In the fucking court, bitch i didn't even know yeah. that because so the, they didn't find her body his body that exact day they found it like a couple days later yeah, because yeah, in court, I think they were trying to insinuate, like, oh, someone covered their tracks. And they're like, uh, doesn't the tides rise? Like, they were arguing it. Like, so, like, it, it could have, you know, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But wow, I missed that also, part. She showed up the next day to her publishers completely fine, unscathed. I mean, honestly, content. with what she's fucking experienced well, also, in her life, it makes sense. Easy to kill him, like, on the fly and without the mess. Like, we said, like, he, she probably manipulated him to come up there and then, oh, he fell. Oh, no. no, but she's talking about like how did she psychologically, oh, yes. you know, just oh, ask not even a question. I I would have been able to sleep fine at night. Oh, wake me up. too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I know. You know, rhetorical question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Girl, like, I think it's kind of like I described to you when I was a kid. If there was a field trip the next day, it didn't matter how late I stayed up from excitement. I could wake up early still. Like, I didn't sleep. She probably just like took the bus because the bus at like three in the morning, bro. Yeah, came, you know, kind of decompressed, and then it was like, yeah. So fun facts about the seashell to her publishers. Like, she just full on was continuing life peacefully. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so good. I think he deserved it. I think too often than not, men get away with their violence. Um, towards women, and, and he probably, killed her he killed probably her. would have fucking killed her. And Here's what kind of justice would have came to her? Nothing. Here's the thing. 
fight, fight, fight or flight, flight right? right? She, she had, had no option to run. run. She tried running. running. He chased after. after. There, there was no proper justice system at this time for women being raped. There still isn't today. So she had to do what she had to do to keep herself safe. So I, you know, what was I trying to say? You, you said, said he deserved, deserved it. it. I, I think, think it was just her only option to survive as oh, well. Oh, I mean, I guess that's from a Kinsey point per, uh, uh, <laughs> opinion because I'm saying the fact that he didn't leave her alone, right? Yes. Like, the oh, yeah, he, he had it coming. He had it coming because of how he chose to go about what, you know, the shit he wanted. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he would have left her alone and then she still chose to kill him, I would be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe you didn't have to kill him. Yeah, it, it you know, wasn't but that's vengeance. Not what it, was. it was pure it self defense. Mm-hmm. The bitch got everything he had coming to him. I agree. Don't fuck with this bitch or you get stoned to death stoned to death uh so anyways at the end where i'm already emotionally having i'm having a moment like i basically my eyes like, breaking down like I'm convulsing down, like i'm in my room crying alone like you guys were not present in the room in my mind and then when they showed her when they showed her on the boat oh you okay my you tell us that st- that section do you want to or are you about to cry when they showed her on the boat and she was just like existing in the swamp she's old and then she's old she's old lady and then her mother walks down, like in this random part where the woods are. She's coming back. And, oh, I'm getting chills. And yeah, I think. Well, think it's, about, the, it's like, the her as a child. All she wanted was her mother to come back at any moment. She was just hoping that her mom would return. And in that moment where she's sitting there and her mom's walking back, and then they flash back to her and she's a child again in the boat. Yup, and, and she's crying. She's like, she's sobbing, and I'm literally viscerally. Well, reaction. that was the path her her mom walked down when yeah. she left. So when and she was coming back goosebumps. up the path. Yes. It, it was like a moment for her to be like, my mom. I'm literally about to cry. Hold on. <laughs> like my mom's coming back for me because she's dying. But she's dead, dead she's and her mom's dead. And that's why Oh yes, she's her mom's coming back because this bitch is dying in the boat. And I think it was just so sad because all she ever wanted as a child was for her mom to return or to hear something from her mother, and for her to be content with life and for her to look up and see her mom and then for her to be a child smiling again. Like she mm-hmm. had literally given up on the fact that she might never know what happened to her mom because she found out later that her mom did have uh, cancer and died from it. She never got to hear back from her mom. She never got to see her again. Yeah. So I think in that moment when she was dying, she had gotten that wish that she had let go of yeah. so long ago because yeah, it, it was kind of impossible. For her yeah. Closure. Uh, she made Kate pull her dead body out of the swamp. <laughs> oh my I God. I thought that was rude. <laughs> but. but- um, I also like how I, crying. I couldn't even process the poem at the end of the book because I was too busy. Crying. Yeah, her the 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 confirmation that she'd killed yeah. Chase. I liked her perspective on life and death. I wish I was a little more accepting about that. We'll stuff. get there. I, yeah, we'll get there. It was nice because everything um, she saw was like the nature of the swamps. She was like, you know, just like the the tides and the animals and blah, 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 blah. I, yeah. I mean. She watched nature literally like 24-7 her entire life. And I think that when death came to her, it was just this, she had a, such an appreciation for life and all of its nature. She, like nature as a whole, life and death, that she was just fully accepting when it came. Yeah, the metaphor of the, of the what's it called again? What? Not the swamp. What is it called? Her poem? The firefly thing? No, or the uh, praying mantis? Metaphor. The po- or not the poem. The swamp. What was it called? She was the girl from the... the marsh? The marsh. The marsh. The marsh. Every time they metaphored like anything with the marsh, like I think the marsh itself was a good metaphor throughout the whole film, like everything, like the actions, and she always referred back to the marsh when she was trying to um, tell us a story or understand something. Yeah, to understand mm-hmm. herself, she would literally go back to yeah. nature. She literally said, yes, "I don't think connected. nature is evil at all." Mm-hmm. She said, "I think the process of life and death is actually very beautiful and necessary for it to continue mm-hmm. going on because if things live forever, 
we'd all run out of food. Like we'd all run out of water. And it's you know? about survival. Like she understood. Like it's oh like, yes, yes. Like that's how nature is. She said, yeah. "I think they are all just clawing to survive, and I don't think there's anything evil about that. Because if you want to live, why would you let this rattlesnake kill you? Right? Nobody's gonna yeah. let it happen. And there's also a crocodile doesn't eat a deer for a vengeance. They yeah, do it to survive. Is, yeah." yeah. Which, Which, like, like it, it can be disturbing to watch. And, like, you, Kinsey, I know, have a lot of empathy towards mm, mm, mm. creatures of nature, but, like, that is nature. I know. It's a very hard side of nature for me to accept. So when she had said that in the movie, I feel like I would really been affected by it because I was like, you're not wrong. It's not inherently evil. They're not the bad guy, like, in an animation where we see this evil crocodile, you know, mm. come up on this gazelle. Like, they are actually just wanting to live. They happen to be carnivores. They didn't choose to be, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... Um. Yeah, it was it was just sad, but it was a really good point she made. Speaking of carnivores, just needing to live and eat meat. This ain't the last episode of Beastars. We already talked yeah, about Beastars. Keep, I keep said that. at the beginning of the episode that it related back to Beastars. It, it kind of does. Yeah, leading back to Beastars, like I said. I agree. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, y'all. Oh I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying keep it in your pockets. <laughs> keep it in your pants, Mariah. Look at it. Anyway. Yep, I mean, that was the end of the movie. and That's a wrap, folks. It was really good. You know, we talked about all the themes and the differences mm-hmm. between the characters. I think what they really sold me at the end of the day was just how good the acting was. Yes. Um, the tension mm-hmm. and the chemistry. I mean, the story was already so phenomenally made. Everything was done for a reason. I love those kinds of stories where mm-hmm. everything comes back to what, you know, from the beginning, you know, circle. But the chemistry, you don't see that a lot, which is... I love is... a good parallel. The parallel with Tate and Chase, I was like... Yeah, yeah actually, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to jump ahead and answer the question of what I shared this with someone else. I actually think I would share this with a daughter if I have one because I think yes. that it has great representation between toxic relationships and what real love can be. Absolutely. I already recommended Liza to watch this film. Uh, Liza likes a lot of romance movies, romance rom-coms, rom-droms, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She just recently read those freaking uh the last of us or not the last of us uh the this what is, you know i'm talking about the hooling co- cover cover who the colleen hoover books you know what i'm talking about you talked about them with me they're like some some books that got really popular and i think they're like really young adult books but everyone's reading them and i heard they're really not that good but it's about this girl that was abused and how she got away from it it's mm. like this really popular young adult series right now and i think liza would love this movie yeah, yeah she would if reason. she likes that yeah yep Good representation for, you know, like, a neglected child, toxic you know, relationship. Toxic Kayla, I feel like you had brought up a point that's so good. Obviously, I would show this to anyone, anybody who's interested in wanting to watch a romance movie. Um, but you said you would show this to your daughter. And you know what? I have been thinking, I'm not trying to have a kid right now, but I'm saying if I had a kid and if they were, you know, genetically a female, no matter how they present themselves and stuff like that, um, I would want to teach them better than I was taught younger about the subtleties that men will, a lot of men will do to use and abuse you and like to, to know for sure, like facts, how to see a healthy relationship and how to see a toxic one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do agree, but I'm, I'm saying uh, a lot of emphasis on my daughter because mm-hmm. she's going to probably run into it more often. Yeah. yeah I'm not I mean, saying men mm-hmm, can't, yeah. I'm saying she's realistically going to run into it more often. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just the targeting, how it works out. There is men that target boys too. Yeah. So I'm not like, saying it doesn't happen, but we're just talking about majority. I'm talking from my personal experience yeah, as a, a woman. 
I think Kaylin made such an awesome point. I would show her this. And I'm going to make sure that if I have a daughter, if I have any kids, that I will hammer home how to know these things. Not Like when mm-hmm. I was raised, I was taught men are bad. They're going to use you. They're going to manipulate you. But I wasn't shown what those signs are. And there's specific things that Tate did in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, not Tate, my, not my man. Chase, that Chase did in this movie that... 16-year-old Kinsey didn't know was bad because it's so subtle. Mm-hmm. It's so manipulative. But the other things, like if a man tries to fuck you on the first date, obviously... My dad told me if a boy ever touched me or talked to me away, I don't like to be talked to or touched to kick him right in the balls. Yeah, but <laughs> I do think that's funny. But, um, and then I kick my older brother I right think, in the balls. I think it's not that simple. If you like somebody and they do something that makes you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable... Like nine times out of ten, if you're not taught these lessons, you're going to feel, oh, well you know, maybe I'm overreacting, you know, maybe he can keep doing it. Like you're going to rationalize something because you don't want to be a problem. You you, you actually, yeah. And that's exactly what we just saw. So I'm trying to teach a more Mm -hmm. direct, specific way to learn those nuances that might not feel direct or specific. I feel like I didn't get to learn those things as well, but I do think my mother tried to warn me. My mom me, tried. She, she did a bad job. One, she kind of just did it herself in the protecting, like shielding. So I still didn't get to know. And two, I didn't have a lot of autonomy around my mother because she forced me just to do a lot of things against my will. And no wasn't an answer. Like it just was her way. So I think that when you remove autonomy, like in a parent-child relationship, and not give your child like the voice to speak up for themselves. That when they run into situations with men, like, how are they going to have that voice? Absolutely. Like, my family didn't even like other than what I just said my dad telling me what to do. My family just chose to keep me blind to it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The shield. There was no. There was no like Mariah. This is the reality. Don't do this. Like it's that's so why I was trying to, to give a love note to that boy from Juvie. And my mom, <laughs> instead of my mom teaching me a lesson, she was just like, "No, you are not talking to because that boy." And what? I didn't know why. So in my head, yeah. I was like, my mom does when we talk to a boy. Because, because then what I'm the fuck kid. are you gonna do when you're 20 something years old, entering like the intense dating scene? Mm-hmm. This still happens too in high school and younger too. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. don't have that shield because your parents chose not to teach you, but instead control you. Mm-hmm. I just like you know we could go on the three of us in a circle and like share like kind of the dark situations that we got put into by having that shield up and I would advise any listeners with children to maybe rethink the way that you protect your children from the world and maybe rethink it into how to better prepare them yeah well I was just I think that's kind of I think Caitlin's got the answer that's what the answer is I think that you have to better prepare them and I think this movie like that's why I said I would show my daughter this movie because it has great representation for those signs and like the differences and it shows somebody that does get manipulated like and the conversation the thing is is it shouldn't be a shield it should be a conversation yeah and i'm not saying that you can be a perfect parent where you can make sure they never ever uh, experience something right because you could give your child all the tools you need the all the tools that i think you would need to completely succeed and maybe something happens that was completely out of their control like they had no physical control aka maybe they were locked in a room and assaulted they had no choice right or you know crazy shit like that where the the um the parameters are not in their choice to change right and shit can still happen but i think that parents more often than not do not understand the balance they're either too strict or they don't give a fuck enough you know some parents are in denial they see their children somewhat as possessions and my baby absolutely my children and children are young people adults they are growing up to become people and it's like you are hurting them so much the more you coddle and baby them and it's just Mm -hmm. like you I think of this from my own experience. I'm 25 years old. 
in you know i'm in a healthy relationship now but like having to sift through that garbage and figure it out for myself like i've gotten hurt a time or two and those are like stories not for the podcast but like that's just me sharing my experience with how i related to this movie and like seeing myself in her feeling confused on how to handle this boy and it's just like yeah i would show it as like a cautionary tale to my kid me too i agree kaylin you said everything perfectly out of my mind Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that we can uh, play volleyball with our minds. Bing bong bing. <laughs> Speaking of volleyball, next week's haiku. I fucking wish, bro. <laughs> anyway, no. Next week, I'm being tortured on my brother's behalf. Oh, I was like, what? Uh, and he's been very persistent to say that my friends and I need to watch One Piece, even though you guys have seen episodes. I've seen random ones. Um, I made a deal with my brother that if he watched Skate, I would watch the, the first episode of Skate. I would watch the first three episodes of One Piece. Kinsey has made a deal with my brother where if he played Genshin uh, and got to a certain adventure rank, that she would watch episodes of One Piece. And Kaylin just volunteered and said she would also watch One Piece. I've actually already seen the first 17 yeah, episodes, so, so I'm next cool. Next week, we're watching the first five episodes of One Piece. I'm super excited to roast it. I... Um, the only thing I'm excited for is that um, Zoro is present within the first five episodes, right, Kaylin? Right. I, I can't remember. Wait, that right, was six years ago. Right, please. Right. Because he's, he's the only person I care about. I haven't watched <laughs> One Piece in so long, so I know I'm making jokes about it now, but I don't know if I'll like it or if I Even won't. Even if I like it, I can't dedicate that much time in my life to watch it. <laughs> y'all just have issues with closure. No, I'm talking about to the One Piece fans, not y'all. Oh, I was like, uh, what the fuck, fuck main are main you talking Zoro, about? I heard he's on like the second episode. I can, I can suffer. I, I only agree to this. <laughs> his little earrings and i'm like i like that tell your brother like i'm that. only agreeing to watch these five episodes if he joins the podcast you don't want to be on him Fuck. i asked him if he could just leave some notes for me he said yeah i might do that no he won't argue he's him. a taurus if anything he's gonna do his homework minutes before we leave <laughs> <laughs> or he won't even do it at all because he'll think he said he doesn't know if he'll have much to say okay he's a taurus Oh my god. So yeah, I just wanted to sit around. Five was just one piece. Woo! Woo 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 woo.